everybody, this is Kurt. This is D. Wyatt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. Play that funky music. Woo woo woo! <laughs> Sometimes you gotta spice it up, right? Even if it doesn't really go together at all. I did like a did like a country accent, and then I did like a weird DJ voice, and then it just it went weird from there. But sorry. Yeah, that's Hi. when it went weird. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It, it never went weird since day day one. Yeah, this is the first time we've ever been weird. That is true. Or you've ever been weird. That's true. Don't listen to the last episode. Serious. Yeah, serious. All right, welcome to the show. <laughs> this episode, we're going to be talking about hype, where it kind of takes us takes us to either good places or bad places. Have you ever like listened to like this podcast or listened to a friend and been like, wow, that game sounds awesome, and then you played it and you're like, wow, these people are dumb, because this is a dumb game, or this is not my cup of tea, as we like to be a little bit nicer. It's the whispering episode. I'm going to jump Why in. Why are they turning up their headphones? <laughs> and now they're deaf. Yeah. Hey, I Kurt, know. I'm going I'm to throw it. I'm going to jump in here fast. Hype is terrible. It's terrible for everything and everyone, and it's bad all the time, and I hate it forever. All right. right. So don't forget, subscribe to us on YouTube, on iTunes. Uh, leave us a comment. <laughs> Maybe he's talking about hyper-colored t-shirts. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, those things were cool. Uh, yeah. Until they weren't. That was hype. So hype. <laughs> you're, you're just, oh, you're absolutely Lord. killing me. Yeah. You know, dear you know, Lord. We're all going down. But before that, let's talk about some now playing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> hey, let's get the good, show rolling. Segue. So we'll start. We played a couple of games as of late. I bought Tracy a game for her birthday and we got to play it. Uh, speaking of hype, we played a game that I've been trying to find forever and finally got, and it's called, boy, I'm never going to get this right. It's Tokyo Jido Bendaya. No, that's not right. Yeah. Tokyo Joy Han Badubu Haikado. I, I believe it's pronounced Great Western Trail. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's Jido Hanbaki. Tokyo Jido Hanbaki. Which in Japanese means soda machine. Actually, I don't know if that's true. I'm just guessing. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many words can there be in the language, right? I mean, your guess has to be somewhere on the language. That's right. Really. Especially, especially the Japanese language because they just things just mean what they mean. Oh, it means vending machine. I was, I was close. That's what I was going to guess so because close. it's a lot of vending stuff. Yep, exactly. 
So, Boy, I wish I would have said that. <laughs> that would have been so cool. So this is a game for one to six players? Is it one to um, five? There's some that I think even go beyond six players. Okay. And you have this vending machine and different types of drink containers. And it comes with, it has 20 games to it. Some are one player, some are two player, some are multiplayer. Um, this is a game, this game, I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't, just didn't do enough research. I just thought it looked cool and I thought I heard good things about it. I had no idea this is what it was going to be like. Yeah. So like the couple of games that we played was like one where we had some of the, it comes with, okay, so I forgot that it, it has the vending machine, it has the different types of bottles and different sizes, and then it has these crates that they can go in. So you think it would be like, oh, this is a game where you use these things to play around a board. No, not really. It's more like, it's more like... You play little, you play little game variants, basically, yeah. with all of these different Yeah, with all these pieces. different pieces. So the one we played is like it. you sat four of the crates around in kind of like a big square, and then you took some random bottles and cans or whatever and put them around, and then you took the little short can, I think it was, and you flick it and try to knock one of the other bottles down. But you have to do them in order of how the cards are laid out because we've got they've got cards too that you can lay out that say the different bottles and or different containers or whatever. So you have to do those in order. And if you knock down the wrong ones, you get negative points. And then if you write knock down the right ones, you get uh, you positive start, points. Yeah, you, you start losing your yen. So. Yeah. So and it's then, basically like a mini agility game? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that one is. That, that one is. And then what was the other one that we, we played? We played um, another one where it was um, you lined everything up. And then wasn't it a race to see who could complete something first oh, in yeah. different in various ways but i can't remember what you had to do versus what i had i to think do. you had to put a bunch of different bottles at a crate in a certain way same was it the same oh, the type same of color i had to yeah. pick the same type of bot no same same color and then all of them in the no i think it was one of each color same type of bottle so oh, there's okay. like five or six different colors and let's say i had to pick all of the tall cans so i had to put pick all of the tall cans, one of each color, and put it in this crate while Kurt was doing... I was lining up yen. <laughs> these little round... With, really with round one hand or something like that. Yeah, and using one hand and kind of getting it to this this uh, racing point from one end to another or whatever. So it was just... It was really odd. <laughs> it was really odd, and we only tried those two games, and then we were like, okay, let's play something else. We probably spent more time putting the stickers on the... The containers. Like sodas and mm-hmm. like bottles and stuff <laughs> like that then um we did play in the games and then like reading the different types of games and instead of picking a random one in the book we just figured we'd start from the very beginning and start playing all of them but it was totally not what i thought it was mm-hmm. going to be like at all yeah yeah it was, it was interesting it's like i think if this one might be a good one to play like if you're at like a cafe or like at a bar and you just want to hang out with a bunch of friends and play some weird games and stuff like that or you don't have a lot of space maybe yeah Yeah, but we'll we'll see we've only played two two games but it's totally not what i thought it was gonna be yeah Yeah. um but yeah i again i i think it's i need to get more plays of it because right now i'm just i'm not impressed unfortunately Mm, maybe we played three games we did because we played one where it was like 
we had to oh. match the cards up in a certain way with the bottles that we picked out of a bag or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was green tea and uh, bean, brown rice, gen matcha or something. We had to um, earn victory points to make gen matcha, which is like green tea and brown rice drinks or something. Something like that. Yeah. Why do I remember that? Yeah, I don't know. And so that was, so we did play three. There's, I'm actually going to quick double confirm that I'm getting the name of this one right. Because it was like a Stonehenge game a while ago, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the thing was, it was something similar, like the concept of like many games, but all using those similar components and everything. Yeah. And every time I see the games like that, it it's always the same deal. It's a great idea and an interesting concept, mm-hmm. but ultimately it runs into the same limitations. It's like sometimes some of the game modes always feel like, uh, well, what else can we do with this? How about a stacking game? Okay, let's you know, let's make that. Like, uh, is there any way we can have a hidden identity game? And it's like, oh, okay, uh, everyone's gonna grab one of the vending machines, and whoever has the red vending machine is the traitor. And you're like. I, I don't I don't need to play yeah. a hidden identity game with this game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I it's like I said, it's it's always cool ideas, but the execution is it's hard when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's you like, know it's one of those things where it's just I don't know, I think I think it's more of more of a a gimmick than it is a real game. Yeah, I like feel a like. novel. Kind of like more of a novelty. Yeah, and maybe that, and maybe that's why you know again the high, the whole hype thing of just looking at this thing and looking like wow this looks different you know maybe this will be something I like you know and then you get it and you're like eh, it's just well because it's literally like the tiniest box mm-hmm. and like a big book because well like a bit well half of the book is in Japanese and the yeah. other half is in English with all the different games but. I want to say the box is probably only a couple inches tall and maybe six to eight inches long. And all of the stuff fits in there. So it fits like six crates, like the vending machine and all the different bottles and the, the yen and the cards and the rule book. Mm-hmm. And that's the game. Mm-hmm. Now, how long does it take to like learn a game mode? Like a minute, or is yeah, it something it's very that you're... quick? It takes longer to set it up. <laughs> yeah, than to play, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I was I was curious about like if maybe it's um, like at game night, the like how much longer do you guys have? Like oh, we're on the last round of Lords of Waterdeep. It's like okay, let's you know here, let's just quick play this thing. Yeah. Like if it fits that role better than a. You're at home playing games yeah. role. Yeah, it's you know? definitely. I think it's definitely fits the mold of a filler. Filler for sure. I don't think it's a. Hey, we're gonna pull out this game to play this game tonight. Like that's this is totally a game to either start out a night, finish out a night if we have a couple minutes left, or you know, again the same thing you said where it's just like we have a couple of minutes in between waiting for somebody else or something. So. Yeah. 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 Because I can't imagine sitting... Like, we sat and played three of them. But that was because we spent the time to label all the containers, mm-hmm. and we wanted to see what it was like. Yeah. But, yeah, it'd be more of a filler. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say it's almost like pancakes, where at the beginning you're like, oh, this is cool, and then at the end you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm sick of this? <laughs> I don't even know that I thought... It, I really, really wanted to like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of... Yeah, it's one of those things where it's... 
yeah. I and again, we'll play some other modes because there's 20 games out there, and there there will be a, there was, there's a couple that we can't play together because there's single player games out there and multiplayer ones that are past the three players that we have right now, unless we've you know invited like my family. No, I think over it's or something. three and up. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, so maybe you know maybe there's a couple of things out there that will catch our you know catch our fancy, but yeah, right now I'm again just underwhelmed. So. Well, and I was yeah. I'm bummed because I was looking at it for the longest time, mm-hmm. going, "Gosh, I really want to play this game." Mm-hmm. I don't know why it looks so cool, and then it, we got it, and I'm like, "Yeah, hmm. yeah." Well, hopefully that'll play into our topic as we talk about it. Yeah. Um, the other game that we got to play too is. Hold on one sec. Ooh, okay. One thing I wouldn't mind though is if you guys can just like whenever you try a new game mode, maybe throw out like just a quick t- uh, tweet or something with just the impressions of that mode. Oh, here you go. Yeah. You know, like, and, and try not to play more than one mode in any, like, two-hour window or something. I'm wondering if that might alleviate uh, some of the, eh, yeah. for you. Yeah. Oh, that could be. That's true. That'd be kind of cool. Like, just, like, yeah, just post it up every every game we play. Just be like, okay, so-and-so, you know, played this long. You know, I wasn't really a big fan. See, you know. Yeah. or like, you know. game nine, uh, you know, Conquest of the Eggs. This one was okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or like, this, so. oh, this one was kind of nice. It kind of catched my fancy. B plus, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Good idea. Uh, the other game we were able to play, which I was excited about playing, but also I didn't know if I, if it would be something that I would enjoy as much to keep playing it, is Tiny Towns by AEG. Um, mm. And I think. I think part of it, too, is kind of like when me and Dan talked about it, like Dan was kind of like, well, I don't really know if I need a game like this where I've got like a honshu where I've got cards where I build my cities and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't really know if I need that, you know. But I think that this this game has the the building aspect kind of like a honshu with a mix of what Tracy said kind of like, uh, not, not in this episode, but what she told me is like kind of like a Tetris trying to get your different buildings and different areas and stuff like that with the re- bef- or get the resources there first and then building buildings and um it, it's got an interesting mix of things basically what you're doing with this game is you um, each each time somebody is the i can't remember what they call it like the resource caller basically and uh, the guy that has the hammer yeah exactly the master builder that's it so you're like uh you're like uh Bob the Builder, and you're like, I want some stone. And everyone's like, oh, okay, stone. And everybody has to take stone. And if they put it on their board somewhere, and it's like a, what is it, a 4x4 grid? 5x5 grid? I can't remember. Maybe even... I think 5x5. Is it 5x5 or 6x6? 4x4 is too small. Yeah, so maybe 5x5 or 6x6. Anyway, Mm -hmm. so then, you know, depending upon, you know, where you want to put on the board, you're building these buildings. There's different types. And they have these cards that show you the resources that you need to build this building. So, like, you'll need, like, the resources they have are, like, stone, brick, wheat, wood. Marble or something like that. And one other thing. Glass. 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 Yeah. And then, you know, and he's even got the colors on the cards, too, where it shows you how to do it. And once you place a resource, you can't move it. And um, so then you just keep placing them on there. And then... If you have a building that you want to build by the end of placing your resource on there, you say, I'm going to build this. And you put that on there, and everyone else can kind of build their things too. And you get 
certain points and certain abilities based on the certain buildings. And these cards are always a one-time lay thing on the board, but there's four different cards for all of the buildings that you can use throughout the game. So like, you know, one of them will say like, if you build this building, you can use it as a wild resource for other stuff that you put around it. So then you yeah. could build other, use that as kind of like your extra resource to build something else on there and stuff like that. Um, so right. like, and isn't it like, like say for example, the different farms, like in this game, it might be each farm feeds four houses, but mm-hmm. in this game, the farm might be, it feeds everything adjacent to it yeah, and exactly. stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, so it gives a little bit of a mixture. Or no. you can't... Um, wasn't a certain buildings you don't want next to the other buildings. Yeah, it can be adjacent they, to like three di- other yeah. different buildings or something like that. Or no, just the more of these, like the more taverns you build, the more points you get, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to make sure. So like, because if I remember right, the two big hooks in this game is um, when you build the building, it has to fit the pattern shown on the cards, Correct. right? Yep. And then the other thing is, it can only be built in a spot where one of those resources were. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah, so, so where you you're laying off, out you becomes the puzzle and all. Yeah, exactly. So you have to fit it that way. And, like, in, you know, a thing it says in this game, too, which people might get stuck on if you don't read that part, is, like, just because it looks that ex- like that exact way on the card, you can flip it, like, 90 degrees or whatever. And as long as you keep that pattern on your board, you can still, you know, have that building there. So you don't have to always have it being like, oh, this is up and down on the card. You so mean I have the resources. To have it, the resources, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. like, I, you know, I have them up and down three spaces here. You can actually turn it sideways and have it be, left you know, right. left to right three ways, just as long as it meets that pattern and it's not, you know, blocking other stuff. So, you know, you know what I always find amusing about that, though? It's that's something that's in a lot of games, right? Like Reef has that. Tiny Towns has that. A lot of games have that. And it's kind of like no matter how many times you explain that, you'll always have somebody going, oh, wait, it could be upside down? Yes. When I said that the card can be in any orientation, upside down is an orientation. Oh, I didn't know. Why didn't you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's like just, you know, the way that our brains work like that, sometimes, you know, you just see an infinite, or not an infinite, you see a concrete possibility you're like this is the only way it can happen you know and then you, somebody comes up and you take the card and you just turn it a little bit and you're like oh okay <laughs> you know this is funny how things work I, in our minds you know i think it also could be sometimes you're teaching rules and people are like no no i got it and then they're like they just don't at all but they just want to <laughs> they feel they're accomplished gamers so they have to say that regardless yeah no kidding right they're like obviously obviously they have it in the instructions for a reason because some you know at least at least five out of the ten people were like, well, but what do I do if this happens? Sorry, that's probably me, so don't don't get mad at me because I said it that way. The only other thing I was going to say, maybe you said this and then you can just totally take out this section, mm-hmm. but when you were talking about the play of the resources and stuff, did you say that like you would take one resource and then the other person would take one too? The other players have to take it too. If you're the okay. master builder, you're calling yep. that resource. I'm that sorry, resource. I was... Yep. Yep. So that responding to it. Yeah. So you. Yeah. So that kind of you know makes the makes it harder because you know because you're like okay well I wanted to do this but you like I when we were playing our game like I kept uh, I I was trying to um, or towards the end I had a couple of spaces 
that um, needed to be filled up. And if you don't have buildings on those spaces, you get negative points. And I was like, well, you know, I don't have anything going on here, so I'm going to get negative points. So I'm just going to keep spamming wood. I'm just going to be like, Tracy, take a wood. Tracy, take a wood. And I'm like, I know she doesn't need it, but I'm like, let's do this. Let's do that. But you have to be careful because sometimes you could be like, oh, wait a minute. I just made her make something else. And she's still going to get points regardless. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of keep that in mind. Yeah. When you're and it was, that and stuff. it was fine at the beginning because we were all trying to, we all, um, <laughs> all of, all of us, all two of us were trying to make our buildings and that worked just fine. What do you need? I just need to look up something. Oh, you distracted me. Sorry. We were trying to, um, make our buildings and stuff like that. So that worked just fine as we were taking the resources. But when your space is so limited at the very end. It's like, man, making those choices at the very end are so crucial. Just like in, like any, in Tetris, like you make one bad move and you're like, ah, now I'm going <laughs> to go out on this. The nice part is like one of my cards I had, um, I didn't lose any points for not filling any of my space at the end. So that was cool. I don't know. I re- I really liked it. And cool part, cool thing about this game was that um, I had posted um, that we played it and somebody that I work with was talking or made a point to stop over at my desk at work and tell me that they were talking about it at work and saw that we had played it and wanted to know what we thought about it. And I said, we really liked it and this is what I think about it and he's like yeah I had I had been following it and I wondered and I said well how about I bring it in and you can play it and you can decide what you think about it he's like really you would do that and I'm like yeah you could I mean it's not on our uh, opportunity stack anymore (laughs) right I'm like you so can you so can borrow it and he's like oh my gosh of course I keep forgetting to bring it in for him but (laughs) I was right. It, it just is, kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I was right. It is a four by four grid. So there it def- is. Yeah, there, def- there wow. definitely is less chance for you to to score if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's like the game. It looks interesting to me, and I really want to play it. The biggest thing is I just don't want to have to be the guy that buys it in the group again. Yeah, I hear you. You know, another thing that's cool too is that every, I mean, this is optional optional for games if you want to, but it's a good good thing for replayability in future games too is that everybody can get uh can pick uh you shuffle monument cards which are a little uh um a little pink building that's basically a one-time use thing for yourself so basically it's kind of like a special ability building that you get for end game scoring or like you know during the game and stuff like that so it's got its own special ability that you can use for depending upon what it is. So, it you know, it gives it a little bit more replayability. I liked playing it. Again, it may, it makes me think of Hanshu a little bit with, with, you know, where to play stuff and how you get your points and stuff like that. But it, there's, a lot, there's a lot more to this game, and I'm, exci- I'm actually excited to play this, you know, more than, more than a few times. I have to cool. tell you, it made me nervous. This <laughs> game made me really nervous. Nice. I would like your impressions on the solo play. I've seen video of it, like how you deal with that deck of cards. Like mm-hmm. that's what they do for, like it looks interesting. I'm curious about how it plays though, because I've actually been doing. Uh, I I've hit that point, Kurt. I've actually been doing solo board games, so 
this one, I'm wondering if it could actually be something that, like, that might be a deciding factor if I decide to be the guy in the group that owns it. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's one of those games that does not play very long, too. So it's a not, you know, having enough strategy in the game, if it works out with the one player, it'd be a nice little brain burny, quick, easy thing for you to kind of, you know, get your brain going. So, yeah, we'll nice. see. I might have to do that. I might have to do that. Let's try that again without burping. I'll have to try that sometime. Okay. There you go. Yeah. What about you, Dan? What have you been playing lately? Uh, unfortunately, like, game night didn't go well this week, right? Uh, my job is a nightmare uh, place run by clowns. So game night kind of wasn't an option, but my buddy Mike was in the area. And uh, Mike is the kind of gamer that one game with Mike is as good as five games with others. You <laughs> nice. know, he's, he's good peoples. So uh, we got to play... The Architects of the West Kingdom again, oh, which we haven't played in a while. Very cool. Yeah, you know what? I got to admit, um, just like the the style and play of the game, it just like how when you played Raiders, you're like, this is a little bit different, and I kind of like this. Architects offers that same thing, like uh, escalating returns by, you know, uh, keep attributing the same work- workers to the same area. Like, say, for example, like the wood area, it's like you get one wood per worker that you have there. So your first guy is only one, then you get two, then you get three, then you get four. And then the whole thing is to stop people from getting too greedy and getting too many escalating returns, there's an area where you can have people arrested from those areas. And you choose a player color and you take all their people in that one spot and you lock them up in your board. <laughs> and people can like pay fines to release their people or you can bring the people to jail to get a reward. And like there's just like a lot of moving parts. But what's great is, you know, you look at the board and everyone has like 20 meeples and all this other stuff and you're like, Oh my god! And then you start playing, and the turns are super quick. It's it's almost like Raiders, where uh, you might have a, t- a spot or two where somebody's like, "Just give me a minute," and they're looking at their resources and like, "Okay, if I build this building, I'll get like twelve, but I'll get this, uh, okay." And if I do this, I get like you get maybe a few of those, but for the most part, turns are I get four stone. Your turn. It's like okay, I get two gold. Your turn. It, it's nice. Like, it has that great speed for a game of its uh, its weight, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really fun playing. We I This month, I'm actually looking at my played games this month, uh, representing almost half my games. I played Mafia de Cuba 26 times this month, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that game is, a, I'm telling you, man, it, it, even though it's a social deduction game, we got to find a way to play it online or something together. I don't know how we'll be able to do it, but <laughs> you need to experience this game. Nice. Uh, Ten games to fleet the dice game in May. Nice. That game is awesome. We played it with Mike as well, so we did three-player. I won by, like, three points, and then Mike was one point behind Kim. So very tight game. came in very close. Uh, And it's great because every time we play it, Mike's like, I need to buy this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's funny when that happens, too. It's like, oh, why haven't I gotten this yet? Jeez. And uh, the other thing, actually, we've actually uh, been hitting a bit of Champions of Midgard again. Nice. Uh, a buddy of mine played it for the first time like about a month or so ago and he's like every time I was like can you bring champions can you bring champions uh, they love that playmat man ooh that playmat is nice yeah it is dandy not going too deep into these because we speak about these games a lot but the uh, the two others that got a quick round in again is uh, played a bit of Onitama and I am very good at losing in that game <laughs> I mean like really good at losing in that game mm-hmm. uh, I am undefeated and losing so far so that's not bad right (laughs) (laughs) you are the first loser 
Yeah, I mean, oh, it's like 100%. I'm like, I'm basically reverse Undertaker at this point. Nice. <laughs> so, um, played a little more Emotep again. We haven't played that for a while. Still is so mean. Mm. The <laughs> meanest Euro you will ever play. It's like, oh, that's a nice boat. You're going to the market where there's nothing that will help you. Mm. It's like, thanks, jerk. Yeah, no exactly. problem. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, uh, but the one thing that actually, um, did I mention that I got to play Wingspan yet, Kurt? No, I don't think you have, actually. Yeah, uh, Howard got the alert that Cool Stuff had it in, and in that same minute that he bought it, it sold out. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't even get a copy. <laughs> he's on the phone with me. He's like, yeah, I just ordered it. And I, I go onto the side. He's like, sold out. I'm like, well, that was a fun minute. But you know what? I got to play it, and here's the deal. Uh, so seeing as I'm the only person that played it, technically it's official MFG view on this uh, game. I can see the hype. It's a very fun engine building game. Um, this is probably my favorite part of this game. So there's like these randomized scoring tiles, right? And they're very similar. It's like have the most birds uh, with the water symbol or have the most eggs on birds with the water symbol, right? So, I mean, it, it's fairly similar goals on both sides of the tiles. Not like There's nothing that's wildly drastic in these scoring tiles. Mm-hmm. But they're on this grid that has like first, second, third, fourth, and fifth place spots on them right so you randomize the tiles and you have eight action cubes so every time you go you do your action right you know so it's like oh i i you know pay these food resources i get this bird bam i got a bird and i put the my action cube on the recruited birds column and it's like oh i'm gonna get dice and i get the you know i get the food dice and i go along that track and i trigger every bird in that row so that's like your engine building, right? Like if you have a whole bunch of birds that are water birds and you decide to draw more cards, you're going to be triggering all your water birds or like, you know, the the plains birds. Every time you do like getting food, you're going to trigger all those birds, right? So it's like, you know, really simple engine building, really simple to follow the flow of it. But in, you have eight action cubes in the game. And at the end of the first round, after everyone does all eight actions, you're going to score. Like, so say the thing was having the most uh, tree birds. Whoever has the most puts their cube on the one. Whoever has the second most puts a cube on the two, and you, et cetera, et cetera. So now in the second round of the game, you only have seven action cubes. And then in the end of the second round, you're doing a scoring. Now in the third round, you only have six action cubes. So it's a game about maximizing efficiency, but it's also a game of gradual loss of turns. So it's an interesting concept on this whole, like, you know, like, you know, what we were, I was just saying, like, with Architects, when you play a worker placement with a different vibe, mm-hmm. Wingspan has that, because you're like, oh, crap, that I only get six actions this next turn. <laughs> I really was banking on eight, you know, and stuff like that. It, it's good. It's fun. I wouldn't pay the outlandish prices you're seeing going for, like, 90 bucks. Yeah, definitely. Like but I think... Uh, if you're patient, this will be Scythe. It'll be the thing that Stonemeyer game keeps in publication and it keeps coming back. Yeah, that's cool. You know? Yeah, so it's like, because um, I, I think he's he has another shipment coming in at the end of June or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not that far away. It's no. like, it's a great game. You should definitely play it. Uh, if you like engine builders, super fun. Uh, the fact that there's all these different... And that's the other thing, too. It's like, with 150 unique birds. Mm. Yes, the birds are indeed unique. However, there is, like, 12 birds that have, like, the same power. Yeah. 
You know, so it's like, even though the birds are all unique, it's not like every card does something different in the game. It's just that the bird is unique. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of my favorites, though, is, um, like, one of the birds was a predatory bird, where it was like, flip over the top card of the deck, and if the bird has less than a wingspan of 75 centimeters, this owl eats them, and you slip the card under it, and it's worth a point at the end of the game. And I was hitting that, like, every time. <laughs> And Howard is like, oh, my God, because, like, I got, like, eight points off of this one bird. And I'm like, dude, he's a destroyer of worlds. I'm like, this is the Bray Wyatt of birds, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, yeah, so Wingspan is fun and dope, and you should check it out when you get a chance, but do not pay (laughs) $1,000. Nice. Yeah, definitely not. No board game is worth that. I'm sorry. Damn. We just bought it for $2,000. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a value. at At that price, it's worth it. Yeah. Just to let you know the the when you're seeing me on your screen, Dan, my left arm isn't cut off at the at the at the elbow. elbow. It's just cut off at the wrist. So I was gonna that's say. What I sold. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, did you replace it with a microphone arm? I did. I did. Nice. Beep boop boop. Um, you're like man arms. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm gonna throw one last one liner at you, Kurt. By the way, uh, Sagrada. Yes. It still hang. It, it holds up. Nice. Still fun. Oh, I like to hear that. We haven't played that for yep. a while. That I know we should probably do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Get Logan. Play that this you. weekend, mm-hmm. and you're going to be like, "This game is still pretty neat." Mm-hmm. Yep. I wasn't worried that I wasn't going to like it, though. Dan. <laughs> Kurt was. He actually he uh, texts me almost like every day at work. He's like, "I don't think Tracy's in love with Sagrada anymore." <laughs> he gets very worried about this. Does he call himself Sagrada? Oh, how dare you! <laughs> Sometimes he texts me like my phone will go off at like one o'clock in the morning, and he's like. Dan, she hasn't asked about stained glass windows in months. I'm getting worried. It's That's like, right. guy's on edge, Trace. You gotta, you gotta help him, you know, let him know that you still care. Aww. <laughs> Buddy. All right, so speaking of wingspan and hype, let's get into hype. Ooh. So, you know, it feels like in this hobby, especially nowadays, it's the cult of the new, the cult of... It hasn't even come out yet. The cult yep. of <laughs> the cult of this game will come out in three years, but I can't wait to see it kind of thing. You know, is it something that turns us away from what we really want? Does it make us buy stuff that we really didn't care for in the first place? Um, it seems like the hype machine is a thing where uh, people can get wrapped up in it pretty hardcore, especially with uh, right now is a, you know about hardcore time where con season is coming up. You've got you know your origins, your Gen Cons, your stuff like that, and uh, people are like looking for that game. You know, it's like oh, like Wingspan or you know, like um, a new rolling right. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, like hey now, like the old no, uh, well no, I'm just saying like, like the <laughs> Imperial Settlers rolling right. That's at origins. We've been talking about it so. You know, is, is it a thing where, you know, is this hype machine and we're part of that machine too? You know, is it something where, you know, is it doing us more of a detriment than it is doing us good? You know, like like what you were saying, Dan, with trying to, you know, limit your games to stuff that you know you're going to play. And it's not something where you just go and you go, oh, that's a game I have. And then walk past and grab the game you want to play. Yeah. And so, I mean, like. With what we were talking about with the the games played, it's like, take for example, I played Fleet the Dice game 10 times last month. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, 
so when I, I look at numbers like that, I'm like, oh man, did I, you know, I think about like, did I buy any games that month? Did I really need to get those things? Like, you know, what's actually getting your attention? One of the things that I think that's true is I, I do think that the whole FOMO is a pandemic for board game enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I mean, honestly, it's, it's like one of those things like it's, it's so funny because it doesn't hit anything else. Like any of your friends that love going to the movies, they're not like, oh, no, it's, it's leaving theaters. I'll never see it again. It's like they just download it or buy it on Blu-ray or get it from Amazon Video like two hours later. Yeah, well, I think that's something that's you that's know? more of a thing that's not as prevalent now as it was back when we were young. Because back in the 80s and 90s and stuff like that, that was something that we had to do. Because it was, you know... You go to a, you'd be able to rent it at a at a video store, but some, but yeah, but some of those you had to like buy the movie for like fifty dollars and like fifty dollars for a movie. Just to think about that, kids. On that's VHS. Ridiculous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's only because like somebody had to copy it by hand back in those <laughs> yeah, days. We didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> frame by but, frame. But see, it's like. But that's the thing. It's like movies, you know, it's like you just get them. And like books, it's like, oh, this book's not at my store. I'll just download the PDF. And, you know, it's like board games are the only medium of entertainment where this whole like, oh, my God, the gates of Lo Yang sold out again. Now I'll never get it unless I pay $90. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess like my whole thing with hype is do you really need the gates of Lo Yang? Like, and if, if so, and like, you know, you're like, yeah, I think it's worth that money. Uh, that's great. But the question is, is every game worth that mm-hmm. money? Like, you know, is, is is the hype machine because you think you want it or is it because you legit mm-hmm. want it? And I find for board gamers, for some reason, it's really hard for people to differentiate at yeah. times. Yeah, it was like that thing, like, you know? you know, back when, you know, you told me about Orleans, you know, and how much you loved it. I was like, gosh, I really actually do want to play this game. I think it would be, f- you know, a fun game to play. And because Tasting Minstrel had just kind of sold out of it and hadn't reprinted at all. Like, you know, Amazon and all these other websites were selling it for like $100 or more. And it was like, I'm sorry, I just, I don't want to pay something that's twice the amount of what the original price is. I mean, I don't, I don't care if it's something that I may not play again ever in my life. I just, I just don't think that's worth my time and, and money. And that and that was at the point where it was actually cheaper to get it sent from Germany mm-hmm. than it was to buy it from somebody that was around the yeah. block. Yeah, <laughs> that's just that, to me. That's just that's kind of insane if you think about it, you know. And I know there are there are some things out there that are kind of like that, where it's like, okay, there's this thing that's a one of a kind thing, and I have to go out there and I have to grab it, otherwise I won't see it. But like. With a lot of board games, and regard or regardless, there are some out there that that won't ever be made again. That you will get, be able to get your hands on it. Uh, well, just like Wingspan, it's like, you know, we don't have to pay seventy five to one hundred dollars to enjoy this game that I that you can wait a couple of months to get. You know. Yeah, it's like because the whole thing is um, and I mean like a, a big example for me was that uh, Cleopatra and the Society of Architects that was on Kickstarter a few weeks ago. If you wanted that game, with all the stuff, and you wanted the deluxe edition, you were looking at almost two hundred dollars. Jesus. Yeah, and it's like to be fair, the complexity of the game, as of the new rules, is not that much more above Ticket to Ride. 
Like they really streamed down, like streamlined the rules. They made it. They took out the teeth. They made it easier to play. They did all this stuff, and it's like, yeah. I mean, if if you love that game and that's your favorite thing in the world, and it's like you know you super adore it, and you think it's worth the two hundred dollars, that's awesome. But do you really like you know? Do you really need all that? And you look at the Kickstarter, and it's like the amount of people that bought the retail copy of the game for $60, and it's like 34 backers. And the amount of people that backed this super deluxe edition with all of the expansions, 4,983 wow. backers. And you're just like, geez. Yeah, it's like, and, and you notice this trend in Kickstarters all the time, where it's like the regular, here's just the game, it's like 2% of the total backers. Yeah. And it's like, here's every ridiculous thing. Like, oh, we, we, there's so many miniatures. We even put in miniatures for other games because this game has, like, that many minis now. And it's, uh, give us $400. And people are like, I'll take two. Mm. You know, and it's it's crazy. And it's like, you know, people are getting hyped up for these games. And I'm just curious, like, when Cleopatra finally gets sent out to, ba- like, the backers, how many people are going to have 10 logs plays? You know, how many people are going to have five logs mm-hmm. plays? And I, I don't think the numbers are going to, like, when that game comes out, I don't think you're going to see that on the hotness as the most played game. How many people are going to want you know? it anymore? <laughs> yeah. You're going to be like, look at how nice this looks. And then you're going to be like, I build a Sphinx and I get five points. Okay, that was cool. Let's play, you know, let's go play this yeah. other game now. I well, hope I can sell this and get know? my money back. It all comes to about the value of games, too, whether it be the the money aspect of it, or like you said, the played value of it too. Like when I talked about buying that Coma Award and we paid, you know, so much money for that game. And I was excited for this game that would give us lots of plays and would keep me excited coming back. It's basically a, you know, $65 game that just holds a bookmark. You know, it's just, it just, it just (laughs) sits on my shelf and I go, I could have bought like two, Three maybe maybe three games that are way better than this game, and you know, or maybe I could have bought a smaller box game that could I could have gotten you know five five to ten plays plus plays on it, and bought myself some lunch, you know, and it would have been you know more exciting than what I bought for this game, you know. It's just and you know another thing you know like I talked about before is like like when we go to Gen Con and stuff like that. You know, a lot of times we're like, we see all these games, we're like, games, games, games. Obviously, we're here for games. Let's get, yeah, exactly. Let's get some games. Hey, there's a game. Hey, that's a game. You know, and it's like, oh, this person just talked to me about this game. So, obviously, I have to buy it. And it's like, no. Like, buy buy things that are you. You know, buy things that are something that you know that that you're going to you're going to take this home and you're going to be like, I'm going to get some value out of this. Well, and really when we went there the first year, we were like, literally we were like, wow, they were coming at us from all over the place. We were like, we got to get this. We got to get this. We're going to get all these things. And we, we went fucking crazy. Mm. Like with, I mean, we bought so many things. Yeah. And then I think the next time we went, which gave us a little bit of a break and a little bit more maturity, Mm. we still kind of, we were stupid on some of our purchases. Or we bought things that did have that quote unquote hype Mm -hmm. that we thought we would play over and over again. And I can think of one game that we have to play again just to figure out whether we even want it in our collection anymore. And Quacks. Huh? 
Quacks, is that the game you have no, to No, shut up. <laughs> no. Photosynthesis. That's actually on our scrap heap. Yeah. But, I mean, it was like one of those where it was like, oh my gosh, we got to have this game. We waited in line for it. And, like, this game is beautiful. And, like, it's going to be these cool things. And, like, you know, that was t- a total hype game. Yeah. And we played it, what, t- once, twice? Probably twice. Yep. And when did we get it? At, we got it uh, at Gen Con? 2017. Yeah. Yeah. And we played it twice. So one thing that's, uh, like, along these lines is, um, so Mike Delisio, who is one half of Sporadically Bored with Mike and Dan. <laughs> like, he, he actually had, he works at a game store called, I think it's called the Game Preserve. It's either the Game Preserve or the Game Sanctuary. Uh, but... It's out in Indianapolis, and they were talking about when Gen Con comes around, and they had, like, the owner of the store on their episode, and he was noting, like, how when Gen Con comes around, it is terrible, because people will go into the store and go, like, oh, I, I can't spend anything, we're saving enough for Gen we gotta save our money for Gen Con, and then people post these pictures of their Gen Con hauls that are, like, 20, 30, 40 games yeah. that they played, they paid complete full retail for, and meanwhile, like, the owner of the, uh, the Game Preserve was like, uh, yeah, we've had that game on our shelf for the last six and a half yeah. weeks. Like, you could have bought that here cheaper and already had it, but for some reason you wanted to pay more money at Gen Con for it <laughs> so it could be in this big stack of, for a picture. Because you <clears throat> said, because then you got it there. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. like, and I think, like, at times those, those con hall pictures are you know, like a hype thing too. That's weird. Like it was funny. Cause like at our last like Dexcon event, the dreamation, uh, I bought one game in the auction gear and pistons. And I bought, uh, one game from the vendor hall, which was, uh, rescue polar bears. So like, uh, you know, like uh, just like on my Facebook page, I was like, yeah, check out my con hall. And it's like two games. And one of them has a used sticker for $5 on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's like win all out this year, you know? And, and it's like, you know, and people like, oh, you know, like that's dumb or something. Like they're like, that's not a haul, and I'm like, I think the irony is completely lost <laughs> right. on the fact that, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. And I think part of it that's kind of tough too is like, say with like even us, like when we go there and we're press and we're, you know, we're trying to interview these people and we're like all excited and we're like, oh yeah, you know, we really like them. You know, they talked to us. You know, and we had a good time with them, so we'll buy a game from them and stuff like that. And And then you realize it's like, okay, you don't necessarily have to do that. You know, you don't have to, you know, there's, there's better ways to support the people that you like without possibly buying a game that you may not even play. I mean, I feel like, I feel like there are enough people out there and I know there's going to be some people that disagree that a bit, that will be like, you know, buy our games if you really want to play them. Like, that's what we want. You know, we don't want our game to sit on a shelf and collect dust you know or to go to goodwill yeah exactly or something like that like i remember the first year we went we you interviewed a company and we ended up buying 15 of their games uh we were yeah pretty much we were the um basically the equivalent to what you were talking about with that cleopatra game because it was it was the game it was the box Mm -hmm. or it was the base game and absolutely every expansion for the game mm-hmm. because you wanted it. Yeah. And because we got a quote unquote great deal. Right. And then all the promos and everything else. And what did we end up spending on that? Like $160. Mm-hmm. 
and yet yeah, when's the last time we played that? Right, and I think we played it once, twice. No, we've played that more than more than a few times. Probably like three or four. We've played it that many times. Yes. Yeah, because I remember playing it one but, or two times the first time we got it, and then after that we waited for a little bit, and then we played it like. But one then or two times w- one of our minions is gone. Yeah. In the game. Yeah. Two. Yeah. And then. So that's fun. And the whole thing of trying to get a hold of that person that runs oh, the yeah. company. Yeah, and yeah you small or stepping in Dan. Yeah. I know the story. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that was like 160 bucks. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think along the way we're learning that maybe hype isn't as hypey. That's not a word. <laughs> but I mean, I think this year will be maybe a little bit different because we're bringing Logan with us. Mm-hmm. So it'll be hype or maybe the excitement for him mm-hmm. and kind of seeing what's out there and having him be excited about things. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm. I think there's always some excitement for me because I'll be like, ooh, the new game. You know, I got to have that. Okay, maybe not a new game, but or a game. New to you. We just played this game and now I kind of want to have it because I think it's really cool or, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I want to have a haul, but it'll it'll never be like the first year that we ever went there. Mm -hmm. When, like, the whole front side of our bed was full of shit. Like, Mm -hmm. we just bought... Yeah. I mean, I can't even remember all of the stuff we bought. Like, yeah. do we play those things? <laughs> I doubt it. I don't think so. Like, one one thing I'm really curious is if you were to take every game that is unplayed off of your shelf, like games that you have played zero times, and put them in a stack and was like, this is my haul, you know? Because <laughs> think about it. If you have played it zero times, technically, do you even really own yeah. it? Well, yeah. and we've we've looked through our games to see what our um, what games we need to play, like that's our um, stack of shame that we haven't played. Yeah. But some of them are games we've played, but we haven't actually played our own game of it. If that makes sense, so we've played. No, that's fair. yeah, like your copy. Yeah, our copy. I but I mean, there are some games that we haven't played. <laughs> we figured like the big box games. There's probably maybe what fifteen to. 20 of those and then we have this whole new shelf of all of the smaller box games and i don't know how many are in there mm. we also cleaned house and I, we could clean house on them again i think yeah i i think for me like just like you know as like kind of like a closing thought on it the biggest thing with hype is does anything really good come from it for you you know it's like and here's the thing like getting hyped up to play a game you know is awesome you know, like you're, you're excited to do this thing with the people you enjoy and the hobby you enjoy and a game you enjoy. Um, like case in point, uh, you remember a while ago, Jamie Stegmeyer talked about Yido, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my God, we haven't played that in ages. Uh, to give you an idea of how long it's been since I played this game, uh, I did not have any logged games of it or even, even have it marked as in my collection on BGG. <laughs> like, that's how long it's been since I got to play this game. I uh, got to play it with my buddy George Lee recently. And it was so great because, like, playing it, in within two rounds, I saw him go from, okay, I, I see how some of this works, to going, I like this, mm. you know? And it's like, Yido is a super cool game, and it's really fun, and it's really enjoyable. And if you never play Yido, you're going to be okay, mm. you know? It's... There's there's no penalty points for not having played Yido before. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that's something that's really important to keep in mind with this. Like 
it's very easy to get swept up in oh my god you got to get this game it's going to be out of print you got to get this game it's only on kickstarter for four more days you got to get this game but do you really need to like is there anything what's going to be the bad you know yeah the world the world keeps spinning regardless of whether you have that game or not so they keep making games. That's right. And They'll then there will be the next game that yeah. you feel like you've got to have. That's right. That's why I was proud of us when we went out and about today looking for just looking at games and we didn't buy anything. Mm-hmm. Like we Doesn't it feel good when you do that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like we literally walked out and I was like, uh, we don't have a game in our hands? And I was like, there are some things that I like could have bought. Like, I want to play Dice Forge. Like, that's an older game. Never played it. Like, I still want to play it. I talk about wanting to play it. Because I hear good things about it. Like, I want to do it. But did if, I... If you want to get Dice Forge, swing by GameStops. Because you might find it for like 15 or $20 there. You never have board games at our GameStops. Mm-hmm. Hardly. Yeah. It's usually like... Yeah, what that, other that, that lasted about a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, did you say? what other Fortnite thing can we have there? And that's basically our yeah, game stuff. Pretty much. <laughs> but so yeah. So then I was but I thought, well, it's not like one of those things where I'm gonna die if I don't buy it yeah. like before I walk out. And then I was like, Ooh, well, you know, I've always wanted to play Stone Age, but do I need to buy it to play it? No. Ooh, I you know, this game. No. I don't really need to mm-hmm. buy it to wanna play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's almost better to play a game with somebody and be like surprised about something. Be like, "Wow, I didn't know this game existed. This would be kind of fun to have in my collection." And it would be—it's something that you're hyping yourself about, not not thinking from everyone else that this is something you should have. And then when you get it, you don't want it. Well, I think it got me back to thinking about when I first got into. Um... I really had to have that game, mm-hmm. and then I kind of never went back to to um, my normal self again. Mm-hmm. When I was playing board games at work, and then they introduced me to Lords of Waterdeep, mm-hmm. and I was like, I literally came home and was like, I played this game, I really like it, I like think I really need to buy it, like... I can't stop thinking about it. Like, I really want to play it all the time. Like, it's been a... I think it's been quite a while since I felt that way about a game. Mm-hmm. Where I've been like, yeah. yeah. It's just, and I was just talking about it this week with the guy from work that was talking about Tiny Towns. And I was like, yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, I got to get this game. And, and then Kurt's like, that's a Dungeons and Dragons game. And I was like... It is? Well, I guess I don't really care. I still really like that game. Because yeah? Dungeons and Dragons is the devil. <laughs> that's a boy game. Mm-hmm. That's boy stuff. <laughs> and, and you know, like, with what you said about that, though, like, and here's the thing. It's like, I, I am all for the hype of when you get a taste of something and you, you're already looking forward to the next play and you really enjoy it and stuff like that. Like, that that's, like, to me, something always well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... You know the when other people are telling you like, oh man, you you got to get in on this, you got to start going for that, and the things like that. That's the stuff that always gets me a little bit. Like it doesn't exist yet, or it's like you know just a reprint, but it has new art. You got to get it right now. 
Yeah. You know, and it's like just a little, uh, it's a little nuts yeah, in my ass. Exactly. It's like, it's like someone saying, you need to have this new shiny car and then you buy it and you realize that the, the brake, the brakes are cut out of it and you can't stop. You know? So it's like, you know. What's wrong with that? I don't know. Who knows? But, but no, I, I'm thinking about it. It's like, man, to feel that way again about things that mm-hmm. would be awesome to feel that way about. I mean, I felt that way about Valeria when I first learned how to play that too. Cause mm-hmm. I remember that I was like. Oh, I really got to get that game. I really like that game. And I I mean, those are a couple of games that I think about that I, I mean, I really have that hype mm-hmm. of that game, but like it was true, like. Yeah, it was your hype. It wasn't it was, somebody else's hype. It was so, my hype. It was yeah. not somebody else's for so, sure. Yeah. So moral of the story is go out to more game stores, find more of your friends that have these games and try them out first before you buy so you're not wasting your money on something that you don't need. So yeah. So what do you guys think? Do you think the hype machine is real? Do you th- do you have a bunch of stuff that sits in your closet and you think, why do I have all this? Because it's basically... Because we just... do. <laughs> do you open up your closet and it's like something from like an old sitcom where everything starts falling on you and you t- it turns into an <laughs> avalanche that you ride down? Uh, let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Facebook. That's pretty much it for hype. So until next time, I'm Kurt. I'm D. Wyatt. And this is Trace. And this was the MFG cast. Play that crazy music. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.